This episode of Important of True is brought to you by Quip electric, svelte electric toothbrushes sent to your home with brush head refills every three months. Go to tryquip.com slash thumbs and get your first brush head <clears throat> refill free. What are we starting with? And this. Oh, what are we starting with, y'all? What do we got? Was you saying y'all right there like a, an attempt for you to plant y'all in this episode? <laughs> Maybe it is now. It wasn't. Ugh, God, I, I knew it. You didn't know it. I knew it. You knew it, y'all. You knew nothing. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, the episode is called Know It, Y'all. <laughs> I said this before. I didn't say this earlier, but I'm really happy to be spending my uh, my Valentine's Day, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My Valentine's Day know, evening what? with you guys <laughs> in this room. 9.15 p.m. We're about to start recording a podcast, and it's Valentine's Day. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I mean, it just seems so natural to you. That's why this yeah, relationship so has lasted so fa- long. It was so fated. Yeah. Mm. So fetid. Fetid, yeah. It's, we're fetid. in this fetid room. Yeah. Fated to, to pod. This week on yeah. Fated to Pod. <laughs> a robot opens a door. <laughs> a Furby organ. Long con Christmas card. <laughs> and now the conclusion. <laughs> What is it? What is it? It's the 15th. I, I don't oh, my to, I don't God. No. You don't Obviously, need to know. Obviously, Chris, if today is yeah. Valentine's Day, that means Tomorrow. that today, parentheses, oh, listeners, <laughs> it's February 15th, 2018. It's the Boxing Day of Valentine's Day. No, it's not. It's the Valentine's Day Eve of Valentine's Day. No, Chris, today is Valentine's Day. Oh, fuck, you're right. Dude, it's fucking Valentine's Boxing Day for okay, sure. Okay, okay. Celebrated in Canada. <laughs> Nick does not honor it, though, so he is here with us today in America. All right. It's February 15th, 2018. And this is important if true, y'all. Fuck <laughs> 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 you. fucking idiot. Product loves I'm, I'm a fucking <laughs> idiot. <laughs> That's Jake. I'm back. We're changing it up. Hi. Hi. I'm Jake Rodkin. <laughs> all right. It's mm. great Nick's, to see Nick's here. All hey. of you. Nick's make, <laughs> Nick is like marking his territory immediately <laughs> upon re-entering the studio. Yeah, why did you let me back? For the first time in months. <laughs> it was so nice when you were contained in that screen. Yeah, you were you trapped. Could, you could mute me whenever you wanted to, which was like yeah. all the entire time. Yeah, we were like, I haven't listened to any of these podcasts that have been recorded since <laughs> I've left. I don't even know. Was I a part of them? Did it, did it feel often like we were just sort of talking over you and disregarding <laughs> yeah, you? Right. We were. Yeah. <laughs> you, we you thought you listen- were a screensaver. Yeah. Mm. If you don't listen to them, they don't exist. That's the rule of podcasts. Yeah. That's true. It's well, good to be back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what? What? Are you speaking on behalf <laughs> of Nick? Uh, am, I, am I on this podcast? What's happening? Oh, my God. Am this I even here right now? I'm oh. Nick Brecken. <laughs> All right. Welcome. Thanks. So, Chris, just since we opened with such nonsense, let's clarify mm. quickly for listeners what we do on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I literally don't know. That was a horrible thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> This is the fiftieth episode of this podcast. This is oh, it is important if true episode fifty. Yeah, fucking, I'm back for fifty. Congratulations, you you done it. Um, we're here 
50 episodes in and I have absolutely uh-huh. less of an idea than I ever have of how to explain what this podcast is or how to do it. That was actually terrifying, Jake. When you, when, <laughs> I know, when you threw, I know. When you threw that to me, I actually froze up and I went into a panic and I and my brain went I like started going crisis. at like forty thousand RPMs, and I'm like, I don't know what to say. I don't understand it. Uh, well, we may have a problem, but for now, we'll just put it aside and roll and buy a car. <laughs> we have and turned a Porsche. fifty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> change your hair. I went and saw David Lynch last night. Yeah, you, you missed out on that, Nick. I know. <clears throat> what was that uh, experience like? Uh, I'm going to say you didn't miss much. Oh, yeah? yeah. <laughs> no? Really? I was, really? I did, this is a thing I don't know that I fully understood about David Lynch, uh, whose movies I enjoy mm. and whose television series Twin Peaks I enjoy and did a podcast all about with Jake. Yeah. Um, so I went there assuming I was just going to see David Lynch like answer questions and talk sure. and things, which is usually what events of this series this was a part of are. <clears throat> But instead, he played jazz. <laughs> God, I wish that would be amazing. That would be incredible. No, uh, it was like a two-hour, essentially infomercial, like a paid oh, seminar weird. or something. Yeah, for for his like transcendental meditation. Oh my foundation, God. Which, Really? Like, I didn't know this, but transcendental meditation is like a thing that you have to pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars. <laughs> For like a guru to officially teach you, wow. and it's very clear that David Lynch thinks the people who don't, who are not the paid official ones, are total bullshit, mm. and it's it's garbage if you do it from you learn it from a book or something. Yeah, like of course. you have to learn it from a guy, and you got to pay the guy yeah. a bunch of money, and it'll make you a not an angry person. And he's very <laughs> insistent that you understand this. It was a strange experience. Wow. Yeah. I felt there really was no. I mean, there was no other. I mean, it was just him kind of on stage. This, I mean, is, a, this no. is a David Lynch thing. He has like a. There's a thing that's the David Lynch Foundation, right? Which is about yeah. this and about yeah. making money on this. You own a timeshare now, dude, for sure. Like whether you <laughs> yeah, whether yeah, you yeah. meant to or not. I, okay, I literally thought I was in the wrong place. I walked into this theater and it was like David Lynch. <laughs> and I'm like, great, I'm gonna see David Lynch. Yeah. And I sat down in the seat. And so, so my wife, Sarah, bought these tickets months ago, mm. and she was like, oh, I got tickets to see David Lynch. And I'm like, okay, great. This is part of an ongoing series called City Arts and Lectures in which interesting people come to this theater in San Francisco, the North Theater, and are just sort of in conversation with another interesting, intelligent person who just asks them questions. And often it's like authors or mm. you know different creative people of different sorts. And they're always really interesting. We've been to a bunch of them. So I thought it was going to be that. And I get there and I sit down and Sarah couldn't come because she was sick. So I didn't have like the person who bought the tickets wasn't there to confirm or deny if anything that was happening was supposed to be happening. And I sat down and one of the Mythbusters guys came out on stage and he was like, <laughs> hey there, like welcome to this evening. And he didn't me- he didn't say David Lynch or anything. He was just like, oh, yeah, so okay. it's going to be a great format. Like I'm going to talk, to- I'm going to interview the different people individually. And I'm like, who, what? It's like, so say hello to our first guest. This guy and just like a guy in a suit came out who was this could for if you hadn't presented the beginning of this as being a boring, terrible like timeshare talk, basically, yeah. this could be an amazing David Lynch experience. Yeah, mm, yeah, like it sounds yeah, yeah, where you're yeah, like, yeah, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then just a Mythbuster yeah. was there, and then a guy in a suit just yeah. walked out on stage. Yeah. Right. But then he started telling me about how I should pay money for transcendental meditation. Uh, yeah, and he sat down and he's like, So, how did you get involved with transcendental meditation? And I was like, What? 
There's a Mythbuster asking a guy in a suit how he got involved. Like, what is it? I really was prepared to believe that I had shown up <clears throat> on the wrong day yeah. to this place and just happened to be seated somewhere that a ticket, a, the the correct <laughs> ticket holder, like, didn't show up or something. Right. Why was the Mythbuster there? Of all people, I, you choose a Mythbuster he, to, to talk yeah, about transcendental why, meditation. He, he did not try. Clearly did not he was question not, he the premise of the bust uh, it. No, he was not. He didn't he even try to bust the myth. Oh. He, he couldn't have... Tr- he couldn't have tried less hard to bust any <laughs> myths. There were like a lot of myths that could have, I think, pretty easily yeah. been busted like yeah. quickly and with with extreme efficiency. Mm. And he didn't try. He didn't bust a single one. Mm. I was disappointed. That mm. show's not on the air anymore. He's not being paid to bust myths anymore, Chris. Yeah, no, he definitely wasn't. Uh, anyway, it was really weird. So you He's didn't. Like, my busting days are over. My bu- those <laughs> days are behind me. Make you feel good anymore. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've taken up <laughs> transcendental meditation uh, because I was, uh, I was I was busting too hard. Busting. Busting. <laughs> Uh, years of busting. Years of busting. I mean, okay, I still bust the miss the, an occasional <laughs> myth, so maybe it's not great for me. Years of busting left me hollowed out. I lost, I lost touch with the important things in my life. Not busting. Things. Not busting. Not busting things. <laughs> um, well, God, that was another thing about Lynch. He kept talking about how transcendental meditation made him a less angry person. But then any, but so, but then at the end, the questions would come up. The last like fifteen minutes was audience Q and A. Every time he was he sort of started talking about studios or making movies in Hollywood ever, he would get so angry in a way that was like hilarious. <laughs> did he start was, meditating? Uh, he definitely <laughs> didn't. But I mean, Paul, entire pitch for literally his entire pitch for transcendental meditation was like, and you'll, you turn, you become a light bulb emanating light and you're happy all the time. And you're, you're just full of joy and people love to be around you. But then he, the instant he would start talking about making a movie, he'd be like, and they are going to take control of your movie and you have to stop it because it's fucking bullshit. And he would he would get so like physically incensed. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I don't I fucking myth busted. Like you didn't. It's not making you happy. It's fine. I mean, it's fine. Like keep doing what you're doing and make your movies like it's working, I guess. But it's not in the way that you claim. I, I don't know what I, I are you hyper aware of what this podcast is now that I asked you to just find it at the, at the top of it? No, I'm extremely unaware. I'm aware of I mean, are you hyper aware of the fact that that question is just in the air now? Yeah, now it's out there. Now you've opened that fucking box and there's a horrible genie flying around the room. There's not a genie haunting us. There's never a genie. Our genie days are behind us, Chris. We're in our 50s now. I don't know, man. I think you basically, your wish was to know what this podcast is about, and now you've been cursed with the knowledge that no one will ever know. So I think the, the, I think you, you, you rubbed the lamp, and now we're fucked. Uh, we have an email from Elon who writes, Long time, first time. I recently finished playing the game Thimbleweed Park on the Nintendo Switch. One of the game mechanics I found particularly interesting was the hint system. For listeners who don't know, Thimbleweed Park is a puzzle game, and in an effort to make this frequently difficult genre more accessible to players, the game designers implemented a way to get hints on how to progress through the story. If you dial 4468 on any phone inside the world, this spells out hint, you are greeted by an automated voice which you can ask for a hint about any relevant portion of the game at the time. No matter which of five characters dials the phone, the automated system is aware of the player and their progress. What if there was such a system in real life? Assuming our fate is determined, what would it be like to call a hotline to get a hint about life? I'm not talking about life advice, but actual hints on the best way to proceed. Would it be automated? 
Would it have real operators? Would you want to call it? What would be the company's business model? And most importantly, given the proper orientation, God. what would it be like to work there as an operator? Really <laughs> enjoying your content. Can't wait for more. Elon. Elon. <laughs> Sorry, Elon. The, bis- the, the, the business model is a really... Yeah, I had skimmed... My yeah. eyes had skimmed over that Me every too. time I read this question. And now, now, heard the, like, now I realize... <laughs> what like, business oh, model? Oh, no. Because if 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 fate is 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 true, I mean, if, 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 if the world is faded, if everything is faded, and you are paying something for this it's not gonna be like 5.95 an hour or something it's gonna be there's gonna be a real cost to this yeah it's clearly gonna be, it's gonna be zero dollars an hour and the way that it makes money is gonna be so fucking terrifying yeah. that you do not want to know 20 years ago this service would have been yeah it would have been a, a 40 dollar a minute 900 number right not anymore right we already know we're successful <laughs> We just got all the hints for how to make this for how to make this business model. Why, work. why bother anything else? It is four ninety nine a minute. You're just going to be on the phone for the rest of your life. Is the hint just stay on the phone? Oh God! <laughs> the hint is just stay on the phone. Just, stay on the phone. Don't, don't hang up. Don't hang up. Don't hang up. This don't is hang cr- up. <laughs> this is critical. <laughs> uh, stay exactly where you are. <laughs> Listen carefully. <laughs> they just keep like, what if, what if a murder, like a murder situation? That's actually happened? terrifying because yeah. because I just imagine everyone in the world just being on the phone, stuck in place, and nobody else knows that everybody else is stuck in place because they're oh, all on the phone. And this is how they do Christ. it. This is how, they're like, oh. look out your window. Yeah, look out your window. You see into the house across the street. Look in there. Is there someone on the phone? Yeah. Okay. Don't get off the phone. <laughs> it's like, oh shit! They knew. They knew something. They knew that person. <laughs> Only get off the phone when they get off the phone. <laughs> yeah. How long can you string that out though? In some kind of like, like sort of conspiracy, sort of murder <clears throat> espionage situation by by just keeping someone on the phone, but like literally keeping them on the phone as long. This as... This really actually does link to that reply all episode, the phantom caller that we talked about that that wasn't <clears throat> the cut your hair <clears throat> guy prank call because that actually was about a company or not a company, but like a <clears throat> a sort of scammer who is able to grift like cents on the dollar off of 800 number toll fees and they do call people with the express purpose of trying to get them to stay on the phone for as absolutely long as possible (laughs) by making something interesting enough that you want to keep listening but not so fucking weird that you realize that it's just there to bullshit you yeah Mm. Uh, but this is a little different than that. But that it, I feel like those are the people who would evolve into this into this specific version of this phone system. Right. Yeah. I think if there was a, a slightly more benign and less um, malicious version of this, I mean, yeah. every ver- okay, <clears throat> every version of this is obviously malicious. But if this is just if you imagine instead a society where this is just taken for granted as a function of human life, which I think is more in the spirit of the question. Mm. Weird. Right, like if that's just around, I mean, one that does that. So, because well, there, well, there's two versions. There's that version. Then there's like the '80s kids adventure movie in which the one kid stumbles on this phone number and then has like right. Mm. There's two, an there's amazing a life. Then versions. they weirdly end up in a like romantic relationship with a 32 year old. This woman is definitely a for concept because no that's always what happens. In it's those from movies. the 1980s. It's it's if it's it's a late '80s kids Smart movie. House. It's a late '80s kids movie, which is like that <laughs> blank check situation or weird yeah. science situation, or it's like a mid '80s. Um, Albert Brooks or Steve Martin comedy mm. where sort of everyone's got vague neurotic hangups about the number and like some mm, people call mm-hmm. it and some people don't and it's got like weird oh, social God, that's stigma. To- oh, Albert- oh, that's a good it's like fucking a, It's a total, it's like this a defending your life Albert or something. Albert, right? Albert Brooks, oh my yeah. God. Yeah, where there's just that Jesus. number exists and I can tell you about your life yeah. but like and there's ads for it all over the fucking right, place. Right, the movie's just called The Number or yeah, something. And yeah, and if you call yeah. it you'll learn the something headline. about your life. The, yeah. yeah, but then like 
you know, maybe you learn something you don't want to learn, and maybe then like your relationship falls apart. It's like mm-hmm. I call you. Did you, you called the number? Yeah, you know, like whatever. That's yeah. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Or uh, were that to exist, like in the last few years, it would instead be a uh, her style Joaquin Phoenix story say, about someone yeah, who just God, stays on the phone all the time sure. and yep. they just yep. talk to their mm-hmm. their operator yep. forever. Mm-hmm. And then their life is a weird, like, sucks into itself. Right, it's a Charlie Kaufman. Yeah, Spike Jones loop where they're just talking to themselves forever, but it's the voice on the phone that knows about their life. Yep. Any of these things and more could be packaged up and sold right now. (laughs) What is the nature of this? What are the people who are giving the hints? Where are they getting these from? Are they counselors or do they actually have access to some kind of fate sort of like are they dialed into the like quantum physics of the universe or something like what is going on in I would this? assume that I would I would yeah, say very specifically be. Chris that they are dialed in <laughs> to the quantum <laughs> physics of the universe I mean, it was nailed just, it got it in one it was just an example y'all <laughs> fuck you <laughs> fuck shut up Jesus Christ uh, can I call the hit line and ask how many more times you fuckers are gonna say y'all on this episode of this podcast why are you so opposed to it I hate it wow I think you need some hints about how to control your anger. (laughs) Well, I've been meditating, Chris. (laughs) I mean, this week on Mythbusters, we're going to see if this 800 number you can call will really tell you your fate. Oh, shit. Mm. Yeah. That would that would be bleak, probably. I think that episode of MythBusters doesn't end well because that myth is they not. They would have busted. to actually follow people's lives, and yeah, and that myth would not be busted because, as this email, the the world this email uh, proposes, is, is, is that it's a real, it's real, <laughs> right? Yeah, that myth would would definitely not be busted to tragic circumstances. That's actually another version of the movie: is the people who try and track down the yeah, thing. Yeah, I was and thinking end up about going that. to the. I feel like that's like, a late fas- '90s going version to of the this facility, yeah. right? And then weirdly, again, that folds in on itself. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. When they make have like a personal yep. relationship <clears throat> with the operator, like they meet these people and they're like, "You're not supposed to be. You're not supposed to be here," you know. And like they get somehow. Oh, embroiled. that's that's definitely the '90s version. Yeah. Of this, where they're the then crawling around in the guts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the person who's the operator still has their <clears throat> stupid earpiece in, so they know that like how the fate is going to unspool, but can or can't reveal yep. all of it and whatever. Yeah. Oh no, in the '90s version of it, there'd be a twist where the operator hears a phrase that doesn't. They don't know what it means, and then it's revealed to mean something devastating, and then. Uh, it, the movie's over. It would, it would sixth sense itself for sure, where there's like oh, one yeah, sure. trinkety clue that's dropped uh, somewhere in in like the middle of the second act. Mm-hmm. It's got to be that yeah. person has to realize that they already knew that everyone was going to die or that they were going to fall in love or whichever you know whatever. The terrible way that I could imagine this eventually manifesting itself is that when services like Facebook eventually have aggregated so much of our sort of <laughs> behavior and. God, if you could combine Facebook, which is sort of can aggregate your externalized uh, likes and desires and behaviors and cross-reference that against Google, which through Google search knows all of your non-externalized private your sort of inner like, monologue desires like and, questions, yeah. and searches. You'd be you really could, rich. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah, or you could operate a weird hint line. <laughs> that's, that's, like, that's definitely the way. Yeah, that, no, like yeah, like the one in Fimbleweed no, Park for the yeah. Nintendo Switch. That's the one that that'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> People can just dial a four-digit code in their touchtone telephone, <laughs> and a voice, a, a very sad employee will tell, tell someone. Right. 
It's it's actually it's got all of that knowledge, God. but it's just inside one of the like g- home assistant oh. Google Alexa Ugh. things. So you still have to contend with that <clears> shitty <throat> layer that interme. It's like it has all the answers <laughs> to all of the wisdom and in life now, that I you think, need, but you have to get through this shitty. I think fucking- the operator is a person, and it's a woman, and her name is Alexa, and she always just has to go, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's my real. It's my yes. Yeah, it's, it's my yeah, real yeah, name. Yeah, hear it a lot. Yep, it's me. The yep. No, I'm anyway, the real Alexa. Anyway, you're gonna die tomorrow. Yeah, just like ah, <laughs> uh, you know, don't take the job interview. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Okay. I can't. Look, you have to, an algorithm. I can't. Tell you, I can't. No, it's just, you have to press three. It'll charge your Apple Pay three dollars. <laughs> but I can tell you, you hit by a bus. Look, sorry, sorry, <laughs> fuck, <I'm> sorry. <sighs> Oh. No, I have no more hints for you. <laughs> That's you're not gonna need any more. Oh my god! Is that <laughs> yeah? Being that person would be you'd eventually become, I think, just very, very desensitized to everything. Yeah. Or you would that quit. person resort to calling the hint line? That's a, an additional. movie. That's another movie. Mm, oh yeah. <laughs> how many how many layers deep can you get? Mm-hmm. The yeah. concept is way too high, Chris. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, I mean just <clears> this <throat> question is just. It's just pouring. There's a cinematic universe just being shaken <clears throat> loose out of this question, and it's a stupid one. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I don't know. You, pro- you J. Pro- J. Abrams, call us. JJ uh, J. <laughs> Abrams, call us. <laughs> call 446. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, call 446. We'll tell you your fate. Yeah. You're going to make a movie with us. <laughs> God, the bad robot version of this is 446. Yeah, the name yeah. of the movie oh, is yeah. just the number. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yep. Ugh, and then when it turns out that it's bad, it gets Cloverfield attached to it and gets pumped onto Netflix. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, oof. All right. Have we have we run that into the ground yes. sufficiently? Yes. Okay. <laughs> the operator has told us there is no more content yeah. left on this. <laughs> Sorry. It says, please, uh, I recommend you stop talking about this. Yeah. I'll pay three more dollars while your podcast is ruined. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, stop. Can I ask for a hint about what this podcast is about? Oh, one more thing about this email. Sorry. I, yeah. Sorry. What? Oh, <laughs> Please. Uh, let me ruin this podcast. No, that's okay. This does postulate that fate is sealed, mm. and I think this question becomes well, equally interesting and insane in a world where it turns out that fate is not predetermined. That's also four million other movie versions of this, where it's where the hypothesis of this email is true. Yeah. Then you call it, and it tells you something that doesn't come true. Well, the yeah, no, I mean, I think the actual rea- real version of it. That's uh, oh, based- tell me the real version. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> the hypothetical real version of it that's based on aggregating all of like the Facebook and Google search data, that would essentially be like the most complicated actuarial tables ever devised, where it's essentially just a probability system, right? Mm. Where it's, that's why it's hints and not solutions, because Mm. it's, it's like, well, based on the, the sort of incomprehensible infinitude of data we have at our disposal, you know, this is the most, when we run the simulation of the universe, (laughs) 10,000 times this is the outcome yeah. that is most common in your in the scenario you right. have asked us about and then as you if you deviate from that you've sort of altered the model and it has to correct. exactly and mm-hmm. then you have to call back and pay another four dollars to yeah. yeah yep that's, oh, so, that's so, the, the, so the way they make more, their, and more that's money. That's their whales. Their whales are the people who don't follow their advice, right, so they have and to, cause uh, the, and have to keep running, running the simulation. They optimize this thing where it's like, sorry, you, you as like a whale, as like a person who's just a major mega, mega user, as like a mega deviant. 
well, you have to actually have a cooldown because we have to recalculate the entire right. universe because you've fucked it like thirty times. But you can pay more money to pri- to be to jump the queue. Right, you can get the CPU mm-hmm. cycles mm-hmm. on our Amazon S3 uh, yeah. bank, yeah. which we own now, uh, which right. was, we predicted we would own. <laughs> we, <laughs> our model first told us how to buy Amazon. Yeah, God, what does this do to the stock market? Oof, mm. it, it doesn't exist. It's been replaced by this hint line. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. people just furiously calling the hint line. <laughs> Wall Street has been replaced by people calling the hint right. line, <laughs> and now like that. <laughs> Sort of hint futures have replaced all other like stock <laughs> and commodities markets. Yeah. yeah, there's just nothing else where you're just yeah, <laughs> yeah. People are leaping out of buildings, but then someone else is cashing in on that. Basically, <laughs> people get hints about where to put the trampolines to catch the falling people, so that they can get the reward, or where to remove the trampoline to get the wallet. That's true. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> what? All right. Whoa. Oh, you're like <laughs> crossed the line there, Please, Jake. That was yeah. too far. Yeah. A man has died. <laughs> 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 the question of what is this podcast has never been more and less relevant. Yep. Bryant writes <clears throat> a common conceit in video. <laughs> okay, I guess it's another <laughs> stupid video games question. Bryant writes a common conceit in video games uh, with death as a failure state is that when the player character dies. <laughs> Sorry, the- I. I, I, my brain tried to put that into death of a salesman. <laughs> <laughs> A common conceit is that when the player character dies, their death is untrue in the narrative. The real outcome is the one where the player never dies. I sometimes wonder what it would be like if that rule applied to myself. When I die, I would restart the day? Or would I go back a set amount of time? When it comes to aging-related deaths, are thousands of reloads eventually needed to eventually make it through a day? Given enough reloading and acting differently, could I potentially mitigate further global warming or do something else of great value? Let's narrow down the scope a bit by revisiting these characters. They have a final goal they must complete in order to end the cycle, at which point they cease to exist. If this power were applied to you, what would you choose as your end goal? Too banal, and you may have wasted an opportunity for great change, but too grand, and you may never escape. I'm just going to point out right off the bat, this basically also is an Albert Brooks movie. Like, this is hewing even closer to defending your life. I mean, it's it's also Groundhog Day. It's literally Groundhog Day. Oh, yeah, it's Groundhog Day. But but the, the defending your life is an Albert Brooks movie about... You, you go to the afterlife and then you get reincarnated and have to live your life over again mm. as someone else unless you accomplish the goal of being a fearless individual. Is the, and he's just a neurotic mess. So that's mm. like a huge – the realization that right. that's what you're yeah. – the one metric yeah. that p- human beings have is that. A- anyway. Do you think it's even possible but, now to make a movie where the sort of something – such a grand conce- – such a sort of world-altering conceit is applied to just like – some white guy who just has some minor personality no. defect and there's like huge stakes that are like will this guy this like Absolutely otherwise very not. lucky man manage yeah. to fix this minor thing about his life but the entire universe will bend itself to its uh, will you know, to that facilitate is, that this? is absolutely not possible and it's not I don't think because Hollywood is more woke or whatever it's because China doesn't give a shit about that movie <laughs> like <laughs> probably that's genuinely yeah. what it is like yeah. you, that's just not going to sell in international, in international markets, market, mm-hmm. yeah. and Americans aren't going to go to the theater for it. So, yeah. like, why make it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd you'd like to think. I mean, it's the other reason too, but that's like the tiny part of the pie. Yeah, right. this is so. This has so much completely unintentional overlap. I feel with the real life hints system. Yeah, like, what if you? Okay, what if the the aging version of this is is like terrifying to me right mm. because in theory the aging version of it can you just re- sorry the age the angle <clears throat> of it that relates to aging which is that what if every time like if 
if every time you die, every time you die, as if that's a thing that happens more than once, but in this in the this week version of this question, what do we call this at the beginning? Whatever. Every time you die, <laughs> uh, <laughs> if when you die, you are like brought back to a point in your life before you died, so you can try again. Obviously, in the sort of action movie version of the in like that movie uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, like, you mean live, yeah. die, repeat? Sorry, I mean live, die, repeat. You know, the one where they live, die, repeat? Um, they is, is it worth briefly explaining the renaming bullshit of that? It's, I mean, sure. Whatever. It, it was called Edge of Tomorrow, and then the slogan on the poster in huge writing was live, die, repeat. The movie did really badly in the theater, even though it was a Tom Cruise like action sci-fi movie. And then they just renamed it for home video and streaming live, die, repeat, colon, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. And now they're making a sequel to it, and I think it's called Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> oh, what? what? Oh, God. They're f- they did it. They re-fucking, they rewound the- Yeah. <laughs> They, they called the headline and and got a new life. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. So no, I was just saying. So like in that, you know, in the action movie version of it, you they fight aliens and stuff, and then every time they right, you die because like an alien blows your head off. Over right, and, over and then again. they like re-exist right, the but, previous day. But and the try version it again. where you just live to a ripe old age like, and then fall asleep with your family surrounding you, they go, <laughs> "Oh fuck, I'm 22." Jesus. Oh no, that's Christ. not what I was imagining. Okay, I was imagining you get okay. My assumption is, and I'm let me be clear, I am not a doctor, uh, but my assumption is that when you die of old age, I assume you're not literally dying of old age. You're dying because of some combination of factors that correlate with being old, mm. but in Organ theory failure. could have, right. I mean, in yeah. theory could be prevented through some medical means or process sure. or something, you know, because people live to, like some people live to be well over a hundred and some, you know, so yeah. obviously there isn't like a hard <clears throat> limit, at least if there is, we haven't hit it yet probably. Um so what if just I, I was thinking when I read this question, it just it immediately created this absolutely terrifying existential reality in which it is like existential sort of nightmare in which you have to keep like if let's OK, so let's say you die of old age at age 92 mm-hmm. and then you respawn at some date before that and then you get to that same point at 92 and die again and it keeps happening. But assuming this in this question, you have the memory of all those times. So you're like, fuck, I have to like figure out how to stop that thing from happening when I get to 92 years old in like 47 days. So then you 47 s- days, it might be too late. No, <laughs> it might be the sort of, that may be like the save that's <laughs> fucked. And it's like, you got to roll back to an earlier yeah, save. Yeah. My no, friend. No, 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 I mean, I mean, let's assume you died at 97 or 92 years and 42 days old. Yeah. Right. So then, but if you're gonna if you're dying of like organ failure or something, it's like you're, you're, that clock started ticking more than forty two days before your end. No, you're, that's not what I meant. But I'm very confused then, Chris. I just meant <laughs> the point at which you died the first time was forty two days in forty seven days into your ninety second ninety third year of life. Yeah. Okay. And then you res- you respawn at some other time. Nothing to do with the forty two days. Oh. That was just how old you happen to be when you died. I okay. see, yes. Uh, and so then you, you, you respawn at some point <laughs> earlier and like I'm assuming that the system that governs this is going to like bring you back to life at the latest point when it was still possible to change that it, one factor oh, I see. that killed okay. you. And you eventually realize this and you're like, fuck, I have to fix this or I'm just gonna keep living to that same thing again. So you eventually do. And you're like, ah, I did this minor thing that kept my kidneys going for another like three months, but then you die again and then you come back again and you like each time it's diminishing returns, right? Like each time you're going to live for probably less 
<clears throat> time. Or yeah. like but you've got to live your whole life up until that point because it's the worst save system possible. <laughs> oh, I mean, not up until that but I mean, I mean, you wake up and you're like, you're 27, and you're like, okay, from this point on, if I optimize my life, I will live to be 94. Oh. I'll live to be 94 and six weeks, and you're like, wow, I did it. And then you wake up and you're like, like 20, 32. You're like or 32. Yeah. And you're like, okay. <laughs> but eventually you're like you, you wake up and you're like you're 32 then you're like 32 and a half and then you're like 32 and three quarters and God. then you just stay there and it's just like tiny micro like you're like if I breathe three times <laughs> maybe that's where like God eventually of, then you're, maybe, like, you're, you're like speed running your life eventually yeah, but, like, you, it's, you're just you think, trying to find do you the, think yeah. that's where all the weird like horrible Silicon Valley anti-toxin tech bro people maybe that's what Peter Thiel is maybe that's why Peter <laughs> Thiel now like drinks Soylent and like filters tea blood that he consumes in an effort to prolong his life because he actually is on his like 43rd he's been save scumming his entire life like, yeah. I have to harvest the teens <laughs> at this point I invest in Facebook and then I do a bunch of shit and then I harvest and the then, blood okay. and then I did it's like, yeah, it's like, that got me to like 103 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I was like I had to get into the deep meta right. I gotta get the deep right. strats yeah. teen blood just drinking goo <laughs> meanwhile he's the fucking guy who fucking is on the other end of the hint line because mm. he's done this so many goddamn times right, so he that's knows everything hint, that's where the hint line people that's where they recruit uh, their oh. agents from. you made it all bad <laughs> why did i make it bad what's like why does this hint line just keep telling me to invest in rare pepes <laughs> jesus why does it cost my blood why does it ask first if i'm over 18 and when i say yes it just kind of moves on but i got the feeling there was a way bigger survey in there and then i but i said i'm over 18 i wonder what it would have said if i'd said i'm under 18 you surely get those marketing surveys sometimes where it's like, how old are you? Are you male or female? And then it's like, thanks. You're like, mm, it was going to ask me about a house or something, but I clearly don't make enough money. <laughs> right, yeah, 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 definitely. But if yeah. you'd been like, oh, I'm 17. I, I play sports. It's like, whoa, what's, what's your blood type? <laughs> then it's like, look over there. And you're like, what? And you like, that's like, stay on the phone, stay on the phone, stay on the phone, stay on the phone. Look at the guy in the other house on the phone. And then, it, then you just go, ow, what? Thank you. And then it just hangs up. Uh, this, of course, takes place on a proprietary phone yeah. made by this company that, in fact, just well, the hint you just was to feel buy that. the hint for like two weeks ago is buy that phone. Yeah, <laughs> you buy the phone, then it takes your blood, <laughs> yeah. it hangs up on you, and then it, that's it. Yeah, you don't need any more hints. You've lived a great life. You've lived the best <laughs> life you could live. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. You've lived the most useful life <laughs> to me. To me. Yeah. To, to, me, to, to me. To me. To me. To me. <laughs> Peter Thiel. <laughs> he had to, the, all the different times that that was said was because he kept rewinding to sort of get right, the most right, accentuated right. nice to me. Well, it was the 17 second behind version of him that says to me, to me, to me, to me. What is this podcast about? <laughs> 50 oh, episodes. This has been the most recursive. This is totally appropriate with all the questions we've been answering because this is the most recursive, like self-folding version of this we podcast. We need like a comic book editor who can be in the corner with little asterisks telling you which of the previous 49 episodes you yeah. have to have fucking listened to. It was episode. So 22, y'all. We need a lore lord here. I, I, I just, I fear there is too much. I fear there's too, a lore lord. For some reason, my brain started trying to turn it into like a lord, and then it turned it into just LL, and then it turned into LL Bean for sure, which is the that's lore lord Bean. Well, that is lore lord Bean. Lore lord Bean. Fuck, I'm sorry. I don't know what that means. I'm ruined. This podcast has ruined me. 50 episodes was too many. You were never supposed to do 50. You were never supposed to do 50 episodes of Important If True. Hang up now. <laughs> Let's take a break. Okay. 
Anyway, that's my important if true OC. Uh, Lord, 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 Lord Bean. Yes, it's sort of just a well-dressed, vaguely outdoorsy dad who knows everything about important if true. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Drive sort of like an old, like tastefully old, uh, like Jeep, Jeep Cherokee or something, or, something? or Wrangler. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Great guy, Lord Lord LL, as I call him, LL Bean. <laughs> he is real. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, why did you turn it into another fucking callback? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that's... Is that a callback? What's that a callback? To for? all of our bullshit about yeah. Hamburger Schlemmer and all that <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah. Now those are all just bullshit. Oh, right. Sorry. I forgot about the entirely separate, unrelated, coincidental discussion we had about a fucking... <laughs> about the veracity of catalog characters. <laughs> possibly fictitious mascot <laughs> man. <laughs> Fuck this podcast. God, just ask LL Bean, Chris. He'll tell you episode 22, <laughs> y'all, or whatever. Fucking Lord, Lord Bean. Well, uh, you must be thinking of, of Hamburger, Hamburger Slimmerker and, and you. <laughs> oh, fucking. Okay, talk about the toothbrush. Let's talk about the all... fucking toothbrush. Okay. No, all right. Put, put this up your ass. <laughs> The, the podcast, not the no, toothbrush. No, oh, oh, Sorry, I would oh, never. Oh, oh. I would never. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time since we did a late night episode of a podcast. I know. It's, and it's, a, got, it's, the, the it's a real feel. Yeah. Yeah. It's back. <laughs> this episode of Important of True is brought to you by Quip. Electric toothbrushes sent to your home every three months with brush head refills. Just the refills, not the whole entire toothbrush every three months. Just the new bristles. Go to tryquip.com slash thumbs for your first brush head refill free. That is tryquip.com slash thumbs. You know, I think I'm actually going to get one of these finally. Fucking finally, good. I've got a Sonicare. Oh, I mean, I have another brand. <laughs> <laughs> I have another brand. electric toothbrush, but it's a f- kind of the huge, big base. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's like a really big, unwieldy electric toothbrush. And I went to the dentist uh, a couple weeks ago, and they said that there's one like this is such an outrageous quip ad. This is a real quip ad. There's a fine one part of my mouth. I'm not going to use the word quadrant because no, we were schooled. Not even. But there's one part of my mouth that is just not as clean as the other ones and I know that it's where I hold I'm right handed and it's oh, a big toothbrush yeah. and I mm. miss the lower right part of my mouth yeah. because it's so hard to actually yeah. get the toothbrush there no the quip is svelte I would say I know and it made me go fuck I should like that was not a problem when I used a regular ass just normal toothbrush yeah and it is one when I have this huge battery pack and I can't like turn the toothbrush to get in my mouth I might get a quip toothbrush because it's like a small toothbrush but it's an electric toothbrush that's the slow well you know exactly where to go tryquip.com slash thumbs this episode of Important If True is also brought to you by a sh- shout-out. Wow, we have a shout-out. We have a shout-out. This shout-out comes to us from Tracy Carlson, who says, This shout-out is for my big-spectacled bear of a husband, Daniel Carlson. Hi, Daniel. This is his very favorite podcast, so I know he will hear me tell everyone how much I love him. I love being married to you, my big, smelly, garbage monster. You are wonderful and brilliant and hilarious. We're a two. That is from Tracy Carlson. How Did- appropriate. Uh, how appropriate. Uh, uh, today oh, of all days. Day. Oh, fuck it it's is. It's a Valentine's Day shout out. It's Valentine's Boxing Day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Daniel, I have a question for you, and I would love for you to write in to questions at, what is it, importantoftrue.com? <laughs> That's it. Okay. That's what it is. Um, what is our podcast about? <laughs> You big smelly garbage monster, you! <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a, that's an awesome shout out. Thanks, Tracy. That's a great that. shout out. Yeah, you, yeah, that, that, reading that, I, I assume that that when she calls him 
a big smelly garbage monster. It's like a cute thing and, like, not, you, and not just a weird sort of mm-hmm. like dump. Yeah. Uh, but, I assume that it's highly sexual. But <laughs> but it does make me think that Shout Outs would be a great place to like really up a beef. Oh, like just, if you've got a beef going on on the internet or in real life or whatever, you could take that beef to another level mm. by by putting it on this <clears throat> podcast. And we'll it'll turn into a pod. If you beef. want, we will like at the person that your beef is about <laughs> on Twitter. We'll say we'll this put epi- a clip. We'll say this episode was sponsored by the person you don't like in a yeah. tweet. We won't God, say that. I need part. to be clear. We absolutely will not. We will definitely not fucking slide into someone's mention because you pay us to. <laughs> That's true. We, we definitely will not. Uh, but I I will on the side for sure. <laughs> I'm at ja2ke on Twitter. Just let me know. Uh, I accept Venmo, Square Cash, PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, Tra- thanks Tracy Carlson, and thanks Daniel Carlson. You have uh, a, a, probably a wonderful marriage, and thank you for shouting it out. Uh, head over to store.idlethumbs.net if you want to get your own shout out. You big smelly garbage monster. All right, <clears throat> what are we talking about? We we'll get back. I don't, well, I think you know what we're talking about, Chris. Oh, do I know only? Yeah. Okay. <sighs> I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Whoa. Sorry, I don't remember what I was going to say. We're we back. Oh, I. Oh. <laughs> what was I going to say? I actually I, had something I was going to say, and now I can't remember what it is. I. It really is so different recording this podcast oh, yeah, at it's night. Crazy. It is. Yeah. It is strange how. Completely I feel like it I'm in a. I, it's a familiar mode, but it's one yeah. that I've not been in a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It only like, works when we haven't done it in a while, too. I mean, it only. Yeah. It only feels like this when we haven't done this yeah. in a while. Yeah. What the hell was I gonna say? Chris, I, I, you, fe- uh, I can tell you. I fear there's too much clam in the beverage. What? Okay. Well, I guess I'll just read this news story. That was totally you planting a weird thing. This is uh, this is a story that someone sent in, oh, and I don't remember <laughs> who it was. And I tried to find it, and I could not find the source of this story. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> That's a mysterious picture to paint to open. No, up. it wasn't mysterious. It just means someone sent me or us a mm. link to this article, mm. and I just can't remember who mm. it was. And I searched the email, and I couldn't find it, so it must not have been sent via email, or I'm bad at searching email. Okay. In any case, this was a follow-up to the story that we discussed last week about Nigel Nomates, the gannet who died on an island surrounded by other by birds of concrete, uh, while other real birds hung out mm. and separately him die. and watched him die alone surrounded by concrete birds that he loved that he loved deeply uh, so this was a follow up story about a different bird that died uh, <laughs> just days ago I mean this is like this also this bird ju- died like days ago this also just happened so the headline is blind bisexual goose stuck in love triangle with two swans <laughs> dies aged 40 <laughs> which I saw this. Isn't inc- oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, I did. This is incredible. I didn't know they could live that long. Forty years old. That's the no remarkable idea. part. That is actually the remarkable part. Yes, <laughs> to me, to me, to me. It's some goose. I think that's incredible. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's that is an old no. goose. Um, okay, so I'm gonna, just going to read the story because it's short. Okay. A blind bisexual goose who spent years in a love triangle with two swans raising sixty-eight cygnets has died <laughs> aged forty. Thomas. From Wakaine in New Zealand, also, isn't the other one? The other bird was from New Zealand also. 
Thomas from uh, Waikane in New Zealand fell in love with a black swan named Henry and went on to spend the next 24 years with him, which is awesome. Like, that's amazing. That's <clears throat> I, also another thing I was amazed by. They have they spend decades in yeah. like single relationships. That's, mm-hmm. I had no idea. Anyway, it continues. But things got messy when a young female swan called Henrietta swooped in and stole <laughs> Henrietta and stole Henry's heart. Henry and Henrietta. Thomas quickly became the third wheel, but instead of moving on, he decided to help the new couple raise their 68 signets over the next 6 years. His complicated relationship made him a local celebrity with many bird watchers spending hours watching his love life unfold. But his happiness came to an end when Henry died in 2009 and Henrietta flew off with another swan, leaving Thomas all alone. He eventually went on to father his own babies, but they were stolen by another goose called George. <laughs> so, what? yeah, I was like reading this story and I'm like, oh, it's yeah, heartwarming. That, like, he, I want more information he, like, about that. This, yeah. like, he had this like wonderful long Tell relationship. More about this George character. Yeah. And then it got complicated, but they figured out sort of a nice non-traditional situation, mm, and they mm. went fine. Yeah. And then his partner died, and it sort of fell apart. But then he had his own family who got stolen by George. Like, what the? F- <laughs> who got stolen by George? Maybe that's what it meant. Nope. <laughs> oh. Uh, that's it. I mean, we already had an entire segment about about uh, fucked bird up dying. bird lives. Yeah. yeah. But um, well, bird bird romance mm. is very complicated. Well, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, bird romance is complicated, but they made it work. But the thing that the thing that is more dis- like the, the distressing part is bird child theft, which well, I guess just happens. Yeah, he's also. I mean, I think the actual point of the story was that he was blind, because there, because there's a <laughs> no. I mean, I think that was the no. I mean, I, I the moral of the story. Is, yeah. is what we've blind. all learned is that he was blind. No, <laughs> what I, we all learned is that love, like Henry. Is, is blind. blind. No, I just mean. I think we can all learn a little something from Henry. Don't be blind. <laughs> <laughs> Your babies will be stolen by George, a shithead. <laughs> no, I just mean the reason mm-hmm. I say that. <laughs> no, the reason I say that is because there's a quote from um, George. There's a no. quote from this like Hawk. organization, the Wellington Bird Rehabilitation Trust, who said. Uh, Thomas proved there was life after sight for elderly fowl, which implies that's that, not a lesson for anyone. Well, it, yeah, it implies that this is like <laughs> the disproving a common yeah. belief that when birds go blind, it's like the end of like it's just right. If you're, you could be blind or not blind because uh, even this blind bird got in a bunch of real fucked up weird situations, made them best of them, got just. Raked over the coals, like his heart rended repeatedly, but it was it was a life well lived for this blind goose. Right until George stole his babies. If this goose could talk, though, that that weird thing about proving that there was life after sight for elderly fowl, I thought was odd because of the weird implication that there wouldn't be. <laughs> and then there's this, this other like non sequitur dropped in there, which was. He lived for corn on the cob, and if it wasn't there when we put him back into his house at night, he was not happy. And then that's it. There's no other like <laughs> context. So well, I think what this really is saying is humans do not understand yeah, yeah, <laughs> geese. Yeah. 
They think they do. This whole time he's These two, it's like, he, he, <laughs> he was, loves this corn. Meanwhile, he's like, my life is ruined. I know. My kids, where are my kids? My kids are gone. My, Where'd you do? You let him take the, the kids. Of, my life is dead. Here's this, here's the corn. <laughs> just, he just here, loves corn. He loves corn. He, he gets so mad if he doesn't have corn. Yeah. And on all the other days, he's mad. That's <laughs> weird. Turns out that he's a blind goose who had multiple loves of his life and his children stolen. He kept trying to make it work because he was gracious as fuck. Yeah. But really, it was the corn. But it was, just, it was just that corn that he didn't have. Yeah. I feel like we have a lot to learn about birds. That's my quote for this article. <laughs> and anything. <laughs> our- I feel like we have a lot to learn about birds or whatever, <laughs> or, or, said or. scientist and human. <laughs> <laughs> what this story really tells us yeah. is we don't know anything about anything. <laughs> Give up. If anyone from the Wellington Bird Trust... Has any ideas about what this podcast is about? Please email questions at Adelphi. Please stay on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't hang up. It's for your own safety. It's for our safety. Oh, that's the movie of that, by the way. By the way, the movie version of any of these, uh, of the the hint line thing, is you call the operator and they tell you to stay on the phone, and that is not the thing that anyone ever tells you to do. Because they know that they're they're waiting for that call. Like that operator is waiting for you to call because it's a fucking faded uh, big deal. So most of the calls are are kind of banal. You just get an automated like, thing, but they're like, I "Don't see. hang up." <clears throat> yeah, and that's and the you've big called deal. this line for years. Yeah, and yeah. suddenly this happens. Yeah, no, you're right. That's definitely the mm-hmm. inciting element of the film. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. They're like, "Well, goose <laughs> has died." Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's not really a hint, but don't hang up. <laughs> That's just the message that shows up on the computer in front of the phone operator, and then he's the What, that's person. your caller ID? No, I mean, like, no, it's something George somebody's Stoll, telling some, him. Some guy yeah, who works at the phone switchboards, they get a phone call, yeah. and as the phone oh, is ringing, oh, the message oh, oh, oh. that, that pre-fixes <clears throat> anything is is that, right. and then they, for some reason, have to find what that means. They understand what that because means. Because they've that's their job. They answered so many calls. Synthesize this information. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they themselves have become specialists in this, mm-hmm. and uh, when yeah. Henry dies, it's a fucking big deal. Yeah. Anyway, it's not... I mean, it is. I feel bad for this bird or Thomas. Excuse me, that's who it is, right? Yeah, Henry was the Henry was the one who died first. Yeah, Henry died yeah. first. Then Thomas. Thomas was. Oh, I was about to say Thomas was yeah, alone. There's nothing to do with anything. Sorry, but he was. <clears throat> he was. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> um, it's a good story, Chris. It is a good story. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's mainly a good story until the end. When George takes his stuff and they don't give him well, his Well, it's still a good story. Room. I mean, do you demand that your stories all have a happy no, ending, no, lovable I just, characters? No, I just meant <clears throat> for for Thomas. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay. Well, that's the name of the story, by the way. A good story for Thomas. I think just for Thomas. Oh, for Thomas. Yeah. Okay. Um, he loved his corn. So we have uh, a f- another fall. I guess. The, I guess post break is sort of our follow up time now. It seems. Eh, it seems to be how it shakes out. <clears throat> so we have a follow up to the Christmas card, lo- the long con Christmas card that has been discussed a couple times, mm. which started uh, when a reader wrote in to describe. Getting she and her husband for the last few years have gotten a Christmas card sent to them by a couple that they do not know or they do not believe they know that treats them in a familiar manner. Uh, So um, and the various things that that could be. So we we have another alternative to this, which uh, was written into us by Nate, who says, listening to the story of the holiday greeting cards from a mystery sender made me think of something my ex and I used to do. We'd buy a pack of holiday cards, pick 10 names out of the phone book, and send cards with handwritten messages like, Happy Holidays and Best Wishes for the New Year. Sincerely, Nate and Sarah. 
We never considered the possibility someone would be upset by this. We just figured, hey, everyone likes getting a nice card in the mail. We didn't send cards to the same people each year, but I could imagine doing that. So maybe it's not a weird long con, but a random act of kindness <clears throat> that I now realize could be interpreting, interpreted in a distressing way. Best regards, Nate. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, I think what you should be doing is giving them hints. I guess keeping the follow-up theme going, we have an email, I don't know, we have an email from uh, Anya who writes... I like this email quite a lot, by the way. I'll say that in advance. Oh, so you know what this is. I read it. Anya writes, I'm a few episodes behind, so forgive me if this is terribly out of date, but I was listening to episode 44 in which you discussed the use of itch versus scratch and posited that perhaps switching words like this is a remnant of other languages. I think that might be a valid theory. I'm originally Flemish-speaking and always mix up teach and learn because they translate into the same word in Flemish, Laren. Who knows if I'm saying that right? Mm. And one of the examples you give in the podcast, mixing up borrow and lend, is another one I'm guilty of as a native Flemish and Dutch speaker, as they both translate as Lenin. Anywho, thanks for the great podcast. They make my commute a lot more enjoyable. Anya. I'm fascinated that those words are almost identical. Mm. Like, they're both... L-E, and then either R or N, which already look like similar letters, yeah. mm-hmm. E-N. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. I wonder how common that is in various languages. I don't know. It was cool to hear that there is a language construct that also definitely, like, Flemish and Dutch mm. or, or people have large swaths of the country that were that were. F- Full of people from those regions. I don't know if that lines up literally with where Borrow and Lend was. Mm. I don't know. Well, if people true. all say things like, I'll teach you. Yeah. That's true. Well, I guess I'll, that's that's. I'll teach you true. a lesson. No, I'll, like, I'll learn form. you. Is what yeah, people I'll are like. Ah, I'll yeah. learn you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's that's kind of similar. Yeah, and they yeah. Say, like, yeah. I'll learn y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to find a way to to introduce the phrase. <laughs> I fear there's too much clam in the beverage, because which I. Say, you didn't. Tr- you you figured you were, tr- you were trying that. You literally just said it at the beginning well, of the I first. Well, but I said it in a way you, that, that you slammed the brakes on the podcast, and then you said it as if it was some idiom that you just like had had around. Well, because I thought it was a potentially good for that. Because I would I was reading the the Wikipedia entry for Clamato recently, which is the, the oh the Caesar. Is the, where you're going. I with was this. reading the yes, I was actually yeah. reading the Wikipedia page for the Caesar. Oh yeah, which I'm is very Canadian, aware of this now. Are you really? Oh yeah. I was going to ask you about this because <laughs> there's apparently a. Do you know? <laughs> do you know what the drink called the Caesar, Jake? Oh, uh, I think so. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I was not. It, I had it, a feeling it, this is where this is. Is it a vague like Bloody Mary? It's a Bloody Mary but yeah. with clam juice in it. Yeah, and yeah. Clamato instead. Yeah, I mean it's. Yeah, sort of, yeah. I was unfamiliar <laughs> with this, and apparently it's like a huge thing in Canada. Oh yeah. I mean, like legitimately, really big. Yeah, you it's can't like really get the, a Bloody Mary in Canada. You can only get, only a, Caesar. get a Caesar. Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently, it's one of like in a lot of places, it's actually the most ordered mm-hmm. drink yeah. at at bars and restaurants, and um. And I was, I'd never heard of it. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And then I then started reading about Clamato, which is clam and tomato juice, which I was vaguely aware of, but I've never had. And I don't really see it for sale. Mm-hmm. And apparently it it's is. It's around. It's, it's near the VA. It's around. Yeah. No, it is around, but apparently does not sell very well in the United States, but it sells like gangbusters in Canada because of the Caesar. Yeah. And the, and I was just sort of I was baffled by this and so then I was on the page about the Clamato itself and then was reading more generally about the clam tomato juices of which Clamato is the you know Mm -hmm. leading brand Um, and 
then and there was just like a phrase in passing on the Wikipedia article that said something like producers of 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 clam tomato juices uh, have indicated difficulty in selling their product in the American market because Americans fear there is too much clam in the beverage. <laughs> and it just, it read so much to me. Americans feel there is a fish <clears throat> in the percolator. Yeah, it, it, it just read like an old timey, kind yeah. of like weathered old bromide that it felt like such a down home, mm-hmm. ah, just I fear there's too much clam in the beverage. And yeah. I just, I loved it. Yeah. And I, What does I, it mean though? I think when it do means, you say it? I think you say it when <clears> it's, <throat> It's sort of like what is the phrase like over egg the, the mm, custard mm-hmm. or whatever I don't know if that's probably not yeah. it but you know like this the idea of you just, you just you, you went a little bit over too, too, it too hard. Went, yeah. I mean it's basically to, like yeah. what this podcast <clears throat> is exclusively yes. is too much clam in the beverage I fear there is too much clam in the beverage right there uh, is. every episode for sure uh, and and then I and I posted that on I just posted the, the like a screenshot of the excerpt of that on Twitter and said like I want to introduce this as a as a new kind of folksy mm. expression and then a bunch of Canadians replied and and they were like oh my god this shit is everywhere up here I can't yeah. handle it and so then I want There's too much clam in the beverage. They fear there is too much clam in the beverage for sure. And so then I was I was really curious to ask you if that's actually real or if that's just one oh, of those things real. that people exaggerate. Absolutely real. That's amazing. And you've only been there a couple months. Oh yeah. Have you had one yet? No. You I will it. not have one. Uh, oh, come on. Take one for the false. team. Oh, you have to. God. Nick, I hate Bloody Marys. Next time you're... F- I don't yeah, so the idea of... And, but, I, and but, I'm not but, a fan but, of clams. So, I mean, it is, it is really... Clams? Uh, I mean, uh, in you know theory I, I do, but seafood and Bloody Marys are just like vomit to me. The whole you got it, dude. You got to uh, have one. Next time we record an episode, I want to see you drinking one of those oh, with your, on your brunch stream on the I podcast. I want there to be too much clam in that beverage. Oh, there's got to be. And then I want it to be in you. Uh then I want you to barf on the podcast. Oh, yeah, I want it to be all over the microphone. Mm. Please don't barf no, on the microphone. No, don't actually, because I bought that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. But no, but have a Caesar. I'll try Have it. it on me. I'll try it. Idle Thumbs LLC will pay for your Caesar. Sure, okay. <laughs> expense that. Yeah. <laughs> File an expense report for your Caesar. When was the last time you expensed something to Idle Thumbs? Never. Really? Never? <laughs> I don't think so. You can if you need to. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I might need to for that Caesar. Yeah, please. I, I would not willfully buy I'll that. Whip Panta, I don't I will, paying <laughs> Nick's ER I bill. Will, I will relish yeah. entering that into QuickBooks. Yeah, right. Um, all right. Well, uh, that's enough of that particular brand of stupidity. Shall we endorse? Yeah. All right. Let's endorse. Okay. No. Okay. Did you say no? <laughs> I didn't mean to, but it just happened. <laughs> Huh. Huh, I was gonna say whoa, but I said no, no. So Nick, what do, Nick, what do yeah, you want Nick, to endorse, let's, Nick? Let's go. What do you What do you got? <laughs> oh, okay. I was gonna start with Jake. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna endorse the most obvious goddamn thing in the world, but I'm just doing it because I don't have anything else to endorse. I'm going to endorse <laughs> Blue Planet Two. Oh. Oh yeah, it's fine. From the I BBC. Mean, yeah, from the BBC. Uh, narrated never by either of them. Yeah, narrated by David Attenborough. I had not. I've neither. I've seen. Pla- I've Blue seen both Planet. Planet Earths, but I've never seen Blue Planet. Right. I would recommend it. The thing What's, that Blue what is Planet, it? So it is all about the ocean. Okay. Um. And the, the way that they break each episode down, like the second episode was uh, particularly notable for me because it, it's sort of like I find that with Planet Earth, you know, they tend to like group uh each episode around like a region of the world or what have you but or like uh, a biome yeah like a biome what they do with um blue planet because it's just all about the ocean is they they each episode is kind of framed around its own kind of narrative arc and then they sort of explore that one thing about the ocean but in episode 2 
they kind of start by talking about, you know, I don't know, fish at the at, at sort of the the surface level and the entire episode it's just going deeper and deeper and deeper down to the like depths of the ocean and it's this like crazy journey because you get a sense of like you know just how fucking like how much life is just like at every single level of the ocean and how vastly different it is and just like how far hmm. it goes there's this one scene where they follow this whale that has died and is just bobbing on the surface of the, of the ocean. And um, they must have just spent days and days and days filming this because they, they, they got shots of it like sinking uh, after it had been floating on the ocean uh, surface for like a really long time. And then it finally hits the ocean floor and they followed the carcass of this whale wow. for weeks. And just all of the, di- like at first, <laughs> like sharks come and just, you know, do their yeah. thing. And then crabs and then like these just bizarre microbe type sort of like little, you know, like sea worms and like Does doing and their then, thing mean like not on a carcass. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing their okay, thing. They're sure. doing their shark thing. And, uh, you know, and just then eventually, eventually they go back and it's just the bones are, are the only thing left. And then they, they, they like introduce something that just eats the bones and then there's no bones left, uh, and it's just a Kentucky they eat all the bones, chicken customer. They eat all the bones, y'all. Uh, and it's just it's it's incredible. It's incredible. Uh, I I actually I was I, like you know like you guys I'd only seen Planet Earth. Uh, I would recommend. You know, it's just one of those things you go like I could watch this on, yeah. on Netflix, but you kind of pass it by. Am I missing I, anything if I haven't seen Blue Planet I, One? I doubt it. I haven't seen Blue Planet. I assume one. I have not. I, you're making a joke. It was an LL Bean reference. It was yeah. definitely in it. What? Uh, all right, good. Uh, we'll so that's on Netflix. You said, yeah. Okay, I will also link the what I assume to be the ultra high definition version on Blu-ray because people always mm. talk about those series sure. as being the ones that you take. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you get the like super high quality Blu-ray, and then mm-hmm. it, 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 the photography in those series. Yeah, are no, I mean fantastic. it's it's actually incredible. I know. Yeah. I just mean like people always refer to those as sort of one of the standards for. Kind of they're like system your... sellers of just crisp video formats. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, Jake, what is your endorsement? I'm going to endorse a podcast. Hmm. Uh, it's a a podcast called Slow Burn that was produced. It was a mini series, I guess, produced by Slate. Yeah. That is a deep dive into the Watergate scandal. Yeah. The, um, the sort of premise of it is. People who are, you know, about our age probably mostly know about Watergate either, you know, from all the president's men or like, um, you know, a couple of cultural touchstones and maybe like the one day you heard about it in history class. But I mean, it's referenced a lot in culture generally. It it is. But but sure. It's referenced in culture as sort of but it's referenced in its like couple of signifiers. The culmination. Yeah. Yeah, And the sort of aftermath more than what you learn by listening to this podcast, which I also listen to. Yeah. Yeah is how incredibly long it took, which hence the yeah. name Slow Burn, how long it took before anything actually happened at all. It's shocking and in some ways kind of distressing to <laughs> listen to this podcast and realize how long it took for this absolutely outrageous story to gain traction in the culture. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, which, as they outlined in the very first episode, is because we are living in a time full of crazy Uncertain, uncertain political times, basically, where things, the ground underneath you seems to be moving always. Let's go back and look at the Watergate scandal, which now feels like a fixed point in history, but look at it as it was unfurling, unfurling over years and years and years. Um, I used to have a Slate Plus subscription, and I don't right now, but this podcast is 
going to make me go and get it because what they did with this podcast was they put out two episodes a week if you have Slate Plus, which is their paid subscription service, where sort of B-roll or second stories that fell through the cracks are released. So it, I enjoyed the podcast enough without it that it's totally worth listening to just if you don't want to pay money. But it makes a very compelling case for going back and yeah. paying for the mm-hmm. subscription so you can so hear all of the ancillary stuff. I can comment on that because I am a Slate Plus subscriber. And I some of that – basically what the other episodes were are are – extended versions of interviews that were edited down for it's like cutting room floor the main stuff, show. Right. right. Yeah. I would not say they're essential. I mean, okay. it was interesting, but I didn't end up listening to that much of it because okay. the main podcast is well-produced enough that they, they did usually pick out the actual. That's cool. It was like, a, it was a, stuff, it was but a it's good a, series. The core podcast is fantastic. I, I agree. I told, think it was totally great. So I was second that endorsement. My endorsement is weirdly also a podcast, although a much more frivolous one than, than the one you endorsed. Mine is That's the right. podcast series A Very Fatal Murder by The Onion. Uh, this, I've been, I want to listen to this badly and have not yet. It's very good. I think it's only about six episodes, and each episode is only 10 to 15 minutes long. So it's a very low commitment, and it's, and it's free. I mean, it's just a podcast. Um, and it is essentially a, an extraordinarily sharp and well-written and well-produced satire on the kind of modern wave of true crime in the vein of serial and the jinx and and all of the all of this sort of uh podcast and radio and television sort of mm. true crime investigations helmed by your sort of relatable kind of figure presenter what's it called again a very fatal murder uh yeah yeah it's it is it is very very good and the thing that one of the things that is totally fucked up about it is that it triggers like the same I'm sure you want to know what happened for the same stupid reasons that yeah. you have when you're listening to the real version of it. it this podcast knows exactly what it's doing and just keeps doing it and it is it is great there's a there's a single moment there's a single cliffhanger moment that it that announces itself as a cliffhanger when it's about to happen and it was one of the funniest things I can remember hearing and <laughs> I'm just laughing thinking about it like You'll know what I mean when you hear okay. it, and it's worth listening to for that moment. And then once you'll want to hear everything else after that, guaranteed. So a very fatal murder by the Onion. It's it's all they did the the fashionable thing now, which is to release the whole thing all at once in bingeable mm. fashion. Nice. Um, and then my secondary endorsement, um, kind of dipping back into the well, but I want to endorse very long shoehorns. Uh, so. <laughs> Month? I asked if it was a shoehorn earlier, and you were Boo. silent. But then I said it was a shoe. It is a shoehorn. So no, I oh. okay. Months and months ago, I end- it's the fiftieth episode. Nick, we'll oh, give him okay. this. Months and months ago, I endorsed a shoe a shoehorns. I feel like you actually did endorse long shoehorns. No, I didn't. In personally, I because I I mm-hmm. no, I didn't. I mean, well, at least I didn't own one, so I don't think I could have. Mm. But I I had a, just like a six. It was an inch, aspirational like, endorsement. Shoehorn, yeah, like that's a, a regular yeah, shoehorn, like a regular shoehorn. Yeah. And I finally. But now you're in like that four foot shoehorn. I yeah, it's it's like so, a standing it's horn. So much longer than I expected. Um, I I ordered just like a I I got tired of like. Bending over to ha- to have to like use the shoehorn, yeah, so I went problem. back on Amazon and I <laughs> ordered a a longer shoehorn, and and it arrived in a box that was 
It's like four feet long, and I was really worried for a moment. And and I'm like, but it was only three feet. Yeah, well, I I was worried that the box exaggerated the size. Fortunately, (laughs) the shoehorn was in fact the size of the entire box. Well, then I opened it up, and I had like a weird. You can measure a man by the size of a shoehorn, you know. I had sort of like an observational (laughs) whiplash where I was like, boy, I hope it's not the size of this mm. box and then I took it out and it was much smaller than the box but then I like another whiplash where it still ended up being way longer than my original expectation for how long it would be was god there's but, definitely too much clam in this beverage <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it ended up being great it's so long and it's so convenient to put my shoes on yeah it's it's fantastic I can't even like I so before I got I, my I agree with Nick before I got <laughs> Before I got my first shoehorn, yeah. I was like shocked by how useful it was. But then when I got this one, it was like that feeling all over again. And I'm like, fuck. Uh, I believe I was here to hear David Lynch talk about movies. <laughs> I don't know what event I'm at right now, but it is not what I signed up for. <laughs> Sir, there is too much clam in this. <laughs> You're, just, you're pushing so hard on this thing that neither Nick or I are buying, and you, earlier you- I'm not endorsing it for you. I'm endorsing it for the readers. Yeah. The listener, whatever the fuck they are. <laughs> Asshole. Look, fuck you, shut up, buy a shoehorn. <laughs> I'm just saying, the quality improvement of the long shoehorn is, e- like, over the regular shoehorn is at least equal to the quality improvement from no shoehorn to regular size shoehorn. The delta, the qual- the improvement delta. So you're saying is you're saying if a person went from no shoehorn to a huge shoehorn, like they would, they wouldn't even fucking know what to do they, with themselves. Honestly, they may not even be able to appreciate it without. So you don't. Re- first, you recommend going without having one first step two step. step no, nah, fuck that. Shoehorn. No, I mean if you have no. Fuck that. If you Just have get no the big shoehorn. Yeah, if you have no shoehorn, I'm not going to recommend you buy two things. But for you no would. Reason. You would but say you won't. You won't. You. <laughs> yeah. For the shoe wearer with no shoehorn or a normal shoehorn, <laughs> the big shoehorn is for shoe you. Horn. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> long shoehorn. <laughs> long shoehorn. That's, I mean, <laughs> long shoehorn originated the classic phrase, I fear there's too much clam in the beverage. Y'all. Y'all. <laughs> Just me, long shoehorn, dispensing uh, timeless wisdom. Jake Rodkin invented the phrase, that's it for this week yeah. on Important If True. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Our website is importantiftrue.com, and there you can find all the places we reside on the internet. And if you have questions for us, if you have problems, if you need our advice, if you need something solved, send it right in to questions at importantoftrue.com, and we will do our best. If you would like an ad-free version of this podcast, head over to patreon.com slash idlethumbs, where you can find how to make that happen for you in your life. I don't even remember if there's anything else I, I'm supposed to say. You're supposed but, to talk about, uh, look, there's nothing. Chris, it's like four in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> We've never left. Valentine's Day is over. It's next year. Yeah, no, it's so late. It's, oh my God. Okay. Um, thank you for, thank you for joining us on this week's Important If True. No. no? I'm sorry. That was my callback to Nick saying no earlier. <laughs> sorry. Start Wait, over one more time. Call back to the no. English word no? Oh, okay. I, right. Okay. The time that he, okay. Whatever. Thanks for joining us on Important If True. Uh, for all thumbs, I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Reckon. I'm Jake Rodkin. There is too much clam in the beverage. Nonetheless, stay spicy.
I mean, if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> Stay spicy if you want to. It's just like. Yeah. That's the 90s. That's the 90s yeah, version yeah, of the slogan. Yeah. Uh, stay, I'm going to stay spicy if I want to. There is, there's red ink on that. Someone just wrote, delete this next if you yeah. want to. Just yeah. like. Yeah. yeah. Stay rather spicy. No, erase, erase that. <laughs> Somewhat. Erase that. Erase this podcast. Try to stay spicy. Uh, podcast over.